Welcome to StoryWise, the podcast designed to give you the in-depth story behind some of our top storytellers as a way to inform, motivate, and inspire you to believe that you too can make your dreams a reality. My name is Jen Grisanti. I am the Story Career Consultant at Jen Grisanti Consultancy, Inc., a writer's consultancy designed to help you accomplish your writing goals and reach your career destination through one-on-one consults, seminars, and teleseminars. I am very excited to have with me here today as my guest, Aaron Ginsberg. And he is part of the team of Aaron Ginsberg and Wade McIntyre. Let me tell you a little bit about this team. Aaron and Wade are writer-producers who have worked in television, film, and radio ga- and video games for over a decade. They were co-producers on NBC's Do No Harm. They wrote the next installment in the popular family comedy Home Alone franchise, Home Alone, The Holiday Heist, and they are currently writing a new comic for Skybound, The Walking Dead, entitled Clone. Ginsburg and McIntyre have also written for Fox's quirky comedies The Finder and The Good Guys, and Ginsburg spent three months in Bogota, Colombia, producing USA Network's Burn Notice prequel feature The Fall of Sam Axe. Their comedy short, A Ninja Paid Half My Rent, was an official selection at the Sundance Film Festival several years ago where it went on to be featured at dozens of other festivals, including HBO Aspen Comedy Arts Festival, SXSW, and the L.A. Film Festival. In recent years, Ginsburg and McIntyre have also developed numerous film and television projects. They sold the half-hour single-camera comedy Crowded Apartment to Spike TV and developed an original high-concept comedy feature with Gary Foster. Last year, they wrote the dark indie thriller Insight, starring Justified's Natalie Zay, Chuck's Adam Baldwin, and Christopher Lloyd, which was released in over 40 theaters and is currently streaming on Netflix. In the gaming world, Ginsburg and McIntyre wrote the script for Activision's mega-hit video game, Call of Duty Big Red One, which won the prestigious award for Outstanding Achievement in Story and Character Development from the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. They also wrote the script for Real Heroes Firefighter for the Nintendo Wii. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. <laughs> I love that. How does it feel hearing that? It's Derek? pretty crazy. That's, and that's the short bio. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, I think the thing that impressed me the most, and I'm I'm very excited so everyone knows I've served on a panel with Aaron and loved what he had to say uh, to writers. I'm a big fan of your voice, and obviously the idea of, uh, the, I've never had one on, someone on the show right after the show got canceled. So oh, yes. I do want to jump into the idea of what happened. You on really want to get into the do no into the, harm into the dirt right <laughs> exactly. off the bat. Exactly. So this yeah this isn't our this is not our first time uh, across from each other in, with microphones. I know. So it's like a reunion. It is a reunion. I love it. I was impressed and I was very happy to have you in. So starting with, I think the the thing that I love, and I have had people on many different platforms here, but the fact that you've you've had tremendous success in television, film, 
and the video game world. Tell me about your story coming into having success for 10 years on, on those platforms. Well, definitely, like, when I, I moved out here, uh, I was... I came out here to be a television writer. That was the that was the plan, and I guess I wasn't uh, entirely specific. Uh, speci- when I when I came out here, I just was thinking oh, I want to be a TV writer, but I should have said I scripted TV writer because I, I did not get into it right away. I had a very long and strange career. I guess really? I to, if I were to sum it up, I would say very zigzaggy. Right. Um, so the, my early days, while I was trying to get my foot in the door, and I'm sure you've talked to lots of people who. Have exp- you know explained how difficult it can be to get your first writing job? Right. Um, the you know Wade and I had teamed up and found ourselves getting hired uh, pretty early, but it just wasn't on the shows we were hoping to be writing on. So we and that's a good thing to to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So we we started out in basically doing reality TV, right? Which is not even on that bio, right? Because uh, right. because of the the great uh, weight of shame that I feel right. for the hundreds and hundreds of hours of reality TV wow. that that Wade and I made over the years before we got our our first official, I guess you call it the first big break. But but I think yeah, we started out doing. You know, I think one of our first jobs was writing sketch ideas for the Tom Green show. Great. Which was, I mean, I is he still around? Who knows where he I is? Know. I don't know. But is uh, it? But the sketch is good for yeah. your comedy and comedy. Yeah. yeah. And then we we were hired after that to do a bunch of different MTV dating shows. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, such uh, illustrious titles as "Date My Mom," <laughs> right? And "Wanna Come Inside" <laughs> was a real show. That was that show back, by the way, was a reverse Cyrano de Bergerac was the concept. Oh my god, how wild. Which is a terrible idea because there's a reason that the jock is getting coached by the nerd in Cyrano. When you switch it, it's really a train wreck. (laughs) Um, and then we did, you know, hundreds of episodes of Cheaters. Right. People know that show, or um, Ninja Warrior, which is still on NBC right now. We we did over 250 episodes. That is fascinating. And this is all before we ever got what I would call our big break as writers. And but I'd have <laughs> to say, which is that I it, it's interesting because I work with a lot of writers who are in the reality world, yeah. wanting to make the jump to the scripted yeah. world. So let's talk about that. How did you like? What kind of training did you feel that gave you for the scripted world? And how does one jump from reality to the scripted world that's a great question i will say that like the during the process of of making reality tv it did not feel like i was learning anything it just felt like i was constantly coaching beefcake mtv studs to date like these hooters waitresses like it didn't really feel like i was getting anywhere closer Mm -hmm. to her I want it to be, and people I think now know it, but like right. everything is written. Right. Like we would literally stand just off camera and just tell them what to say. Just repeat after me, say this now. Now say this now to get the best jokes. And, you know, anyway, I never really thought of it as training. Uh, but once we finally did get our first official, you know, staff job, uh, it became clear almost overnight that we were, we were well beyond uh, the title, that we were, we already were used to producing. Um, live television and being able to control a crew and work with performers and you know the reality performers are just a lot worse than real actors so so it's all of a sudden you're working with actors who are great and you're like oh my god this is so much easier than an 18 year old who's probably drunk right now right thinking they're going to find true love in the back of a next bus (laughs) or something you know (laughs) it was a dark time it was a dark time (laughs) but no so I think it was it actually ended up being a huge benefit to us We, we had 
we had, we started as staff writers on a show called The Good Guys, mm-hmm. um, and that show was our first official staff show. And how did that and happen? That's a crazy story. It's funny yeah. you should ask. Yeah, Jen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll jump. I'll jump around. I'll do. Right. I'll, I'll go back to the order. And then of that. you go back to the order of how you got where you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so in the middle of all of the reality shows, I also was hired to write uh, magazine articles for a now defunct magazine called Script Mag. Mm-hmm. Script Magazine, part mm-hmm. of Final Draft. I think. Yeah, they, I remember. I think they yeah. sold it off. Maybe it still exists. It online. It still exists online. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for many many years, I wrote uh, is, feature articles. Yes. For that magazine mostly on on like interviewing like Wes Anderson or Michael Moore or right. Aaron Sorkin blah 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 and one day I had this realization rather than just like do the assignments that I'm given right. what if I go to the editors and pitch them an assignment which I don't know why it took me like three years to think of this but right. I said you know I I would like to interview TV showrunners right and they were like well do you know any and I said well I have a connection to one Matt Nix right uh and I, I bet I, I bet if I asked, he would let me interview him. So they said, oh, sure. Well, let's, let's, we'll see how it turns out. So I went to Matt, and I said, hey, I'd like to interview you for Script Magazine. Right. And I'd like to do it a little differently. I'd like to do it kind of like a gonzo-style interview where instead of just you and I chat about burn notice, instead you and I chat about burn notice while breaking into the CIA. And he thought that sounded like a really I fun idea. That. I love that. And so that. we actually did a, a – bizarre interview we had a photographer right and we basically staged these photos as if we were breaking into a cia building no way in the middle of the interview like matt turns a gun on me we end up blowing up the building it ends I up love turning it. into this uh, elaborate burn notice episode right within the article about how he writes burn notice right and it was just a lot more fun than just writing a straightforward yes interview definitely. with uh with you know a, a film writer right and when it came out, the article was published, I sent it to, to Matt, and he was really, like, blown away and loved it, and he was like, this is so cool. So he brought me in, and he was like, I'd love I to love it. Uh, and basically develop something with you. Right. So for the next six months, uh, Wade, my writing partner, Wade and I developed a new series with Matt, and then we were, we had, we had been really, really, uh, you know, honing it. We got the pitch all ready to take out, and then mm-hmm. two days before we were going to take it out, Matt called and said, "I have some, I have some good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news is I can't, I can't take this idea out and try to sell it with you. The good news is I accidentally sold this show called The Good Guys. Right. It was based on a screenplay of mine. Right. And I'd like to hire you. Oh, so it was. I love it. So we actually put that idea in a drawer where right. it has remained. Right. Years later, it's still there, all done, it. ready to be sold, and we just haven't. We are all too busy to take it out now. But I love it. So he he hired us to to be staff writers on the Good Guys, and because of all that reality TV and because of all of the producing that we had done in reality TV up to that point, right. We ended up. Basically, we wrote a fourth of the season and produced a fourth of the season as staff writers. Oh, my gosh, writers. that's fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of like it doesn't happen that way. That is um, great. Yeah, so and then – Rick Moraghi was over there, right? Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Yes. Love Rick. That's great. Yeah. That's it was, it was a pretty incredible story. So, yeah, we, we basically went from zero to 40 in – I uh, often hear that in here. We hear like right. these – Alex Carey did this crazy jump. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is I, – I love that. And I do think it had a lot to you do with – You learned a lot. Yeah, we didn't realize until we were in it that we already knew all the skills because right. we had actually 
you know, we, just, we had we had really yeah. dismissed all of the TV we had made because it wasn't what we our hearts were right. excited about. Right. But it was TV. You right. know, we were delivering TV. And it was story. And it was story. Yeah. So all of a sudden, there we were. I love it. It's, it's just that simple, you guys. I, it's just that <laughs> simple. Well, that was a good how you got your starting. Yeah. And then how did you move from TV into film into video games? Video games, actually, believe it or not, was before. It right. was actually earlier. We wow. We, I... I'm a gamer. I right. think I think that I sort of feel like the way I could see it changing a couple of years ago. I was like, games could be a really cool way to, to tell story. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, when I was a kid, you know, all like Nintendo and all that stuff. They, there wasn't really a story or or a plot so much. Like there were little ones, but not so much. But now games are like gigantic, you know, hundred hour movies basically. Mm-hmm. And so I knew a guy who was working at Activision on a franchise called Call of Duty. And they had just finished uh, doing Call of Duty, the the first one, and they were working on the sequel. And I just said, do you have a writer yet? And he said, well, you don't normally do, you normally just have like the guys coding it. They don't really hire writers. It's an industry that didn't know how to do that yet. Right. And so I submitted a sample to him and said, just read this. We'd love to be considered. And, you know, we end up getting, we end up getting hired to write the, what ended up being a 300-page massive screenplay for uh, like a 12-hour game. Wow. Yeah. So that was early. That and was like structurally, how did you do that? Like, what, well, we what were, does that look like? Well, it looks like a screenplay, but right. it does have a lot of I don't know what you'd call them, like character, like um, like vines or something. Right. Like, we're like if a if a player goes over here, right. this scene will be triggered. Right. And if they don't, it doesn't get triggered. So you okay. kind of have to write every little yeah. possibility. Right. But we were. Ba- it was based the Call of Duty franchise for many years. It kind of isn't anymore. It was based on real battles with real platoons, mm-hmm. and they were really, really dedicated to historic accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ours was actually following one platoon. They were called the Big Red One, and they were like the guys that were sent in first to a bunch of famous battles and had a really high casualty rate, a really, really powerful true story about World War II. And so we follow them from their first battle, which is in Africa, all the way through um, you know, into Germany. And, and so we, we kind of had that as a structure. Like we knew, okay, they start here. This is where they end. This is where the war ends. Right. Uh, and then we built the characters and kind of made it into a band of brothers thing. So you could see them grow and some of them won't survive. And we really wanted to sort of get the player to emotionally attach themselves to their I love it. people. So maybe yeah. you'd feel something if they don't make it. And it seemed to work. So, so that's great training ground. Exactly. So between reality and the video gaming, God, you guys, by the time you were staff writers, you were clearly well beyond that. Yeah. We, we didn't know yeah. it, though. We were yeah. so excited about yeah. being finally on a show. Right. And then when it started, we realized, oh, this is – we've done this already. We know how to do this. And then what about the feature world? The feature world – is how did home alone the whole holiday heist happen the home alone holiday heist uh they uh, the the people who owned the rights came to us actually because they it was with a company we'd worked for right um and it you know the the premise has not changed in all of the different iterations of home alone it's still a a kid uh you know home alone basically fighting off bad guys that's right and it's similar to some of the shows, the TV shows we had done. Right. Uh, it has very, very, a very, you know, complicated plot. Yeah. And clever, you know, little pranks and traps that he set. So we, I think they thought of us for that. And, uh, you know, I, I remember getting a call from the executive saying, I know this is going to sound crazy, but would you have any interest in writing the next Home Alone movie? And I, I 
said, yeah. Are you kidding? Like, John Hughes was, like, a huge, right. huge power in my life. Like, right. I, I really, like, uh, like his movies changed. Like, that's one of the reasons I'm a writer is because oh, of John I Hughes. I love that. And he wrote the first three. Yeah. So I was like, yes. I, we right. wanted, we want to play with the mousetrap that he built. We would love to be a part of it. So, oh, that's fantastic. So we got hired. Um, I love that. And then the movie that came out last year of ours, the, the funny, we actually wrote it five years earlier. And uh-huh. it sat in a drawer. We right. finished it. It sat in a drawer. And then, I don't know, maybe one of our agents passed. I don't know. Somehow the director found us. Right. And said, I just read the script of yours. I want to make it. And I remember thinking, no way is this real. Oh, my God. Like, this guy's not really going to make it. But he really made it, and it turned out pretty well. Oh, so. that's fantastic. Yeah. You never know when something's going to hit. Congratulations. So you kind of have to, like, just, you know. Have you, in the 10 years of working, has there been lapses where um, are, it seems like it's been pretty consistent? Yeah, I mean, there's been lapses in terms platform of. One platform or yeah, the other. There's been lapses in terms of things I want to do. Right. For sure. But, right. like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you have to pay the bills. So you, you do. You, yeah. My, my theory always is constantly be writing. Right. Ideally for money. So, yeah. you know, even reality TV is better than working for me in an office right. where I'm not making TV. So right. even though reality TV isn't, like, ideal for me, like, it's way way more creatively fulfilling than, right. you know, something some other job that was, isn't for me, you know. Right, right. No offense to other jobs out there, people. I, no, definitely. No, <laughs> everybody, you know, I think, trust me, I look at, I'm a scripted girl because that's the world I grew up in. I love reality. I get sucked into reality. Oh, sure. I love the characters in reality. And I look at that and I think, okay, why is the audience responding to certain characters in such a strong way? Yeah. And how can you bring that to the scripted world? Absolutely. You know? And the thing that when you're when you're actually producing it, the thing you realize, and I didn't, at the time, this is all like way, I, I can go back now and realize it. But right. at the time, I didn't ever think about it. But you have to edit it in your head. Yeah. While you're producing it, to right? Make, and so if you don't have a soundbite yeah. that helps you make a character turn, you're right. in trouble. So you yes. have to always be like, either setting up a a, a date or right. a scenario that will get you your plot point, right? And if you don't, you just have to get it. Yes. In, in a ta- you have to like sit them down in a talking head and say, I need you to say that you really have feelings for Greg or right. whatever, right? Because you know when you're in the editing room, yeah. This is this plot is about how she fi- falls in love with Greg. Well, we don't have that in the you know, like you start to do it naturally. Yes. So you have to make the story. It's really weird. Wow. At the time, you don't think. I'm like, all I was thinking was like, oh my god, this is such a nightmare. But like, what you're really doing is writing a story. But even your gaming world prepared you for that. Yeah, I mean, so game I, is all about yeah. story, and it's yeah. like, you know, you have to like, and it's really, really compressed. Right. Like people get, you can't have big scenes in right. a in a video game because players will get really bored. Right. So you have to get the information out in other ways. Right. To keep the story moving. No, I love so. that. And then going from, like, say, so the good guys into yeah. a show like Do No Harm. Yeah, very different. So tell me about that. Yeah. Well, we I, we often get hired to write things that are a little, I, I call them quirky. Right. So they're, like, they're hour-longs, but they, they have some, you know, some comedy in them, some right. humor. And Do No Harm was, when I read it, I was just, like, it, it was such an exciting Yes. Script. Like it just popped off the page. And yep. so we really fought totally hard. Heard. We pushed our agents to get us yeah. to meet all the right people and all the right executives and really like thought about it. It was right. a it was a show that excited us. Right. Because it was different. Right. Because I don't want to be like pigeonholed as right. a writer. Right. Um and the more we so once we got hired, the thing that we realized was that because it was sort of a Jekyll and Hyde premise yeah that the Hyde character, the Hyde part of the personality actually ha- needed humor. Like, right. 
Like, even though it was a drama and a really right. dark drama, we yeah. were able to sort of keep some of the things that we like, which are lighter moments. Right. Finding them in, in this other character that was like the other side of the lead's right. brain or whatever. But um, it was a it was a really great show. We had a huge writing staff. Right. We had 13 writers. I think that's right. Wow. It might have been 12. I can't remember. I think it was 12 or 13. Right. Huge writer's room. Right. And it was just like a, an all-star group. Like everyone was really, really. I remember hearing because starting with the creator. Yeah. yeah. David Schulner. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We had, we had you know, just like, you know, we had some, we had people like, we had a co-EP from House, who's wow. on House all, all who, eight years, David us? Foster. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. Lisa's whirling. Yeah. Who oh, yeah. you know had had a pilot that year as well. Yeah. You know we had yeah. the creators of Ringer who wow. were you know like so it was a really really good. But it was group. a cha- it had to have been a challenging concept. And then as as we talked about prior to this, I think the heartbreak of it was that people just didn't show up. Yeah. The people didn't watch it. It turns yeah. out. It turns out you need people to watch your show <laughs> <laughs> for you to keep ma- keep airing it. Who knew? Who knew? And what? We were all you and I were too busy watching uh, Bachelor or something, right? right? We are, we, <laughs> we didn't we didn't realize what we were doing. Wow. Uh, no, but yeah, it was that was very sad. We we all worked very hard and we made a that whole. That made me sad too. I have uh, to admit, I was rooting for the idea yeah. to work. And it yeah. was a show that we were all pretty proud of. Like right. it, it was a hard show to right. break. Yeah. Um, because of the concept, and we we tried to have it grounded in a in a reality. Right. Um, which made it that much trickier to keep right. it like its own little beast, you know, its own yeah. little thing. And and when no one, like the ratings were really bad, and it happens. Like, this is a business. Um, you know, we've you know we've all had our share of heartbreak out here, and yes. that was that was one of them. It was a very sad day. Yeah. For all of us, because we had worked really so hard. So hard. Yeah. And we're really proud of the final product. Right. Um. But, you know, you can't, you know, I think. And it sold overseas. So, so, so I there think was a light. If you have a lot of listeners who yeah. live in France or England, I think. <laughs> there we go. I think. Uh, I think and I do. You do? Oh, excellent. I do. I have France, London, Australia. Oh, excellent. So now, yeah, 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 starting, I think, as soon as April 1st. Great. It's going to be airing on ITV. Great. Um, I don't know what channel. Okay. Uh, but but it, they will be airing it over there. Excellent. And I do think it will do well over there in the sense that yeah. it's it is a, it's very serialized it right. has a nice build well and like um, you have sherlock that they're sherlock oh yeah. my lord so good so good you, yeah. yeah i love it yeah um and our in the end of the first season ends up being like a good chapter like yes it's, i think you'll people will feel a little unfulfilled because you want you'll want to see yeah it, what, what would have been the second season but we were going to like reboot the second season like it is like the first season is its own little journey uh, has a beginning, middle, and I'm end. I'm kind of curious about that yeah. from a buyer a buyer's standpoint because if something like that happens, yeah, and it performs well, could a network overseas want to continue it? I don't know the official ruling on that, yeah. but I bet it would be hard because yeah. of contracts. Like a lot yes. of the actors will have moved on. That's true. Um, That's and true. a lot of the writers will have moved on. Yeah. So I think it would be it would be tricky. They could maybe get it. Yeah, it's, it all comes down to the actors, really. Yeah. If they could get the actors to do it, maybe. Isn't that the truth? I yeah. remember hearing rumors that they were going to do like an American version of Luther or something, and I oh, thought right. anything with Edris Alba, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Let's keep it. him in it. He's exactly. Yeah, he's pretty good. Let's keep him in it. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's jump into. Oh, so we talked about your first break. We what did. is it like being on a writing team? Oh yeah, uh, well I've been with Wade. We've been writing together for I think twelve years, maybe wow. longer. We've been uh, we've been a team a long time. 
so it's, it's how like, does it work would you say like what is your secret to it working and working well uh, basically I just do all the writing and then Wade collects <laughs> half of the paycheck just kidding <laughs> just kidding um, no it's uh, of course Wade's not here to defend himself yeah he, he's the quiet one so it's uh, no it's uh, basically it, there's two things people always ask there, there's a benefit to it one we live in our own mobile writer's room right like anywhere we go there's right. two of us we can bounce ideas off we can question things it's really great yeah and we both happen to agree on one fundamental question mm -hmm. which is what is good tv right. right because we both have the same answer to that right it makes for a very easy partnership because what is your answer well i mean it's a complicated answer but with <laughs> <laughs> it's you know <laughs> i know we'd have to go in. into your whole theory yeah on, i yeah, do yeah. I, I could talk for yeah. you don't have enough tape to record my <laughs> theories on what, what makes, makes good TV good. Yeah. <laughs> but like you between moment to moment right. to story to idea like every little moment like we will often agree on what it needs to be even if we don't know the solution. Like right. we know like oh this is this would be awesome if we could get a beat to this. Right. What are the five versions of that? And right. then we kind of pick the best. That helps. Um but no, Have I, you I, ever gotten – has there ever been a dangerous point where it looked like you couldn't <laughs> – No. Yeah, I, that's no. good. We, I, I would say we've, we're both very stubborn. Right. So we've definitely argued. And right. And we've definitely fought for things that we thought were were like, we ha this, it ha this scene has to go this way. Right. That, that has definitely happened. Right. But, you know, it just means we're passionate about yeah. the projects. I love that. Um, but, you know, we, we – from an early – from like our earliest partnership, we realized that we this were – This works. That this works, yeah, yeah. We, we can write twice as fast as anyone right. else, right? which helps a lot that in this business. A lot. And, um, yeah, just, you know, I, I respect and like reading what he writes, right. and he likes to read what I write, and that makes a big yes. difference. So, so you have an immediate editor right by your side. Yeah, and yeah. If, if you get stuck, it's always easy. If you get stuck, you can just, like, take your headphones out and say, okay, I'm in this scene, we're by the water fountain. Right. Uh, what needs to, you know, and then you yeah. can solve it. And, like, that's like I a little writer's that. room. Yeah. Where I, I have a lot of friends who don't, and, you know, they just will sit and get stuck in a little right. rut. Right. When they and don't then, have a sounding board. Yeah, right. and then they'll end up calling me. Right. And I'll be like, I don't know why I'm helping you, but all right. <laughs> all right. I have my own sounding all board. All right. All right. I'll help you with yours. Yeah. What would you say, like, if you were to think, say people are considering the idea of writing in a writing team. Yeah. Would you say that you would highly recommend it? Well, I, there's, here's the con. This right. This is the, the, the business con. You right. have to split your paycheck. Yes. So going into it now, yes. uh, if that's a big problem for you, like maybe you should reconsider. Right. Um, but the I think it's great personally, right. and right. the I think when you go into it, you just have to find somebody that you like their writing in advance. Right. Like you don't want to find someone that you think you can just fix. Right. Because that's not a good relationship. Right. So, like starting off with somebody that you're like, oh, we both like each other's writing, we can really, you know, get you know exponentially more done. We right. can really like bring scripts to new levels, that kind of thing. But right. I, I really like it, and it's it's you know. But the paycheck is something that people have to think yeah, about. It, it is. is. Yeah. But I think the advantage is you say you write quicker. Yeah. It certainly helps you from a marketing viewpoint if there are no teams on a writing staff yeah. and they see that. Yeah. So. And when we're actually on shows, we we oftentimes split up, so we're always like one of us is on set while someone else is in right in post. One right. of us is in the writer's room while someone's writing an outline. Like we can be everywhere Which is at once. to the advantage of the show. It is. Yeah. And and we also feel like we can just, we can get our thumbprints on everything, which that we like to do. That is great. So. 
That's great. So future employers out there. Yeah, that's right. You guys can reach us through our agent. <laughs> Who is your agent? We're at, the, we're at WME. Which, All right, yeah, great. Yeah. Great. And how have you been with WME the whole time, or who? Or no, we were with APA, okay. which is a which is a, a great agency out here yes, as well. And we absolutely. were with a, a really wonderful guy who actually retired. Okay. And when he retired, we we were like, oh no, like we I really really liked our our previous agent Aww. a lot. And I was so sad to hear he was he yeah. was he was uh, moving on to to do other things. And I remember that our current agent, the one we have now, he had been trying to poach us for like a year. Right. And I was like, you know, he earned it. Good. Let's give him a call. Good. So we actually called him up, and it was it was very easy. And, I love yeah, it. So love that's it. a smooth transition. Yeah, he put it. He put in the time. I love <laughs> it. I think I think that is great. Um, what is now? We talked about the gaming world. Yeah. So what about features versus television? Hmm. This is weird. I find that it's very similar. Okay, I, mean, I, you, I agree with you. you. you totally. Talked? Yeah, I I consult feature writers. Yeah, I would say thirty five percent of my business is feature writers. The biggest so. difference I think is act rates. Which yeah, is like the. I like, agree. Otherwise, like you need a good structure and you need yeah. a good character. Yeah. And they all, you know, every episode is kind of like a mini movie. Yeah. Um. So I I haven't really noticed, you know, like right now Wade and I are writing a, a pretty large, um, movie. Mm -hmm. Uh. That. I can't really talk about other than in real generics, just for I know I'm sorry. I, as Very I started, good. As I, I started, love that. As I started I talking that. about it, I realized, wait a minute, I can't really. Did you get to start working right talk. after the show went down? Was this? No, we, it's been going on for it's been it's been it's been happening slowly okay. under the right in the secret in the shadows. Right. But um, but it's massive. Like it's cool. a big. It's it's big for for us, and so the, we are kind of joking today, like. We're used to being able to write things we know immediately how to produce, right? Like whether it's like whether it's like a you know a really touching love scene at, you know at a coffee shop or it's blowing up a airstream trailer in the middle of downtown Dallas. We've done both of those, right? And I know how to do that, right? This movie is just bigger, right? And I'll we'll like work on parts and I'll think, I just don't know how anyone would make this. Like this just feels like like it's out of my realm of a producer. Like this is like right. we're, we're like into like Life of Pi CGI world or something. Right. And I it's love just a, life of pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a whole new. Th it's a whole new yeah. thing. But but that doesn't mean that the structure is any different. Right. It's the, true. At the end of the day, you need. No, I mean I look at it like from like when I look at my philosophy on the story, the idea of start your story with a powerful dilemma, have a clear yeah. goal stem from it, and then have every pivotal point connect back to the goal. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You this, know the difference is, just, is that yeah. with the series, your ongoing arcs. Yeah. You know, so it it is. I think people try to make it seem like it's <gasps> so drastically different. Yeah. And and I yeah, I'm in total agreement with yeah. you. Yeah. We we break story we break sorry we break story the same way on a feature as we do on an episode so right that isn't any different right and that's good for writers to hear yeah now it's with your comedy short a ninja paid half my rent yes. tell me about that was that your first foray into when was people that? starting to notice you or was that later in the process it was it was early in the process yeah and and it did not considering its its pedigree right it did not help us Pretty much at all. It was. Really? I thought it would. I really thought I was like, this will open doors. It did not open doors. Um, it was, but, and it got into the film festival world. Was that fun? Yeah, we, starting we, with Sundance. It did. Or, went to yeah. Sundance. Yeah. It was. I mean, I, I wrote a story about it. Uh, it. It was a pretty painful experience, actually. But uh, we didn't even get tickets. We couldn't get tickets to see our own film <laughs> at Sundance. Like, oh it was, my gosh! It was. It was very humiliating, actually. The the the. Uh, 
It's good for writers to know this, yeah, though. This was, is part of what happens in the world of the film festival. Yeah, it, it turned yeah. out not so great. Um, right. I mean, the film turned out great, but right. like we we were, you know, we did not go on the festival circuit, for instance. I mean, we right. we I at that point I still was I was at that point. <laughs> actually, I'm as I'm saying it, I'm really, this is going to sound insane, but I was working at a law office uh, to make to pay some bills, pretending wow. to be a lawyer. Wow. So you were pretending yeah. to be a lawyer. Oh my yeah. God. Have you ever written about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. I've written. I've written like magazine articles about it. I love that. Because if for for quite so a few months, so kind of like is it suits? No. Um, yeah, I'm like yeah, suits. Yeah, you're like yeah, suits. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I don't have a photographic memory like right. by, like Mike Ross on suits, but I love it. But yeah, I was masquerading for quite a few months as an entertainment attorney. Oh my to gosh, pay bills. that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, I <laughs> love that. Now, and and tell me about the concept for that um, short. The short was very. The title's very yeah, interesting. The short was. I think you probably could find it on on uh, the internet, probably right? on YouTube somewhere. But uh, it, uh, the premise was very simple. It was a guy, his roommate dies, right, and he needs a new roommate to pay the bills, right, and a ninja moves in, right. Um, but he doesn't know it at first because ninjas are very quiet, and, right. You know, they kind of lurk in the shadows, and right. So basically, it was like, what would it be like, sort of very realistically? If your roommate was uh, an assassin of the dark arts, basically, like I love uh, it, and it was starring a guy named Tim Sharp, right? Who is on Enlightened right mm -hmm. now, and he's I just a real, yeah, he's a really great like he underplays everything. He was on Undeclared, right? So it was all done very like very dry. Is he the boss on Enlightened? Who no, he, he he, you know, he works in the in the with Mike White in the yeah, yeah. yes, that's, and that, right. that's what yes. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. He, I know exactly who he is, yeah, great. Um, but yeah, so it, it it turned out really well. But like you know, we thought it was gonna open some sort of door for us, right. and it did not. No, it did not do that. No. Wow, but it's still like I look at. Oh my gosh, like I love all your experiences. I love that you worked at Script Magazine. I love that you worked on reality. I love that you work in the gaming world. I love that you're working in TV and features and having success in both. I think this is fantastic. What would you say in your career, at what point would you say you guys as a team, and it may have been different points, that you really kind of found your voice? Oh, that's yeah. You know what's weird? I think we we had our voice pretty early. We, right. We, you know, we both loved John Hughes. We both loved, you know, like Lawrence Kasdan movies. Like there's mm -hmm. all these movies we had the same vocabulary in television shows and movies, so we right. kind of knew what our voice wanted to be. Right. I think when it came to this is, I think where it really came to fruition, which was we were working on a show called The Oaks, which we had talked about right, right. before we started recording. Right. Which was a big show for Fox that um, with a very high expectation. High expectation. Yeah. And didn't they pay a million dollars for that or something for the script? Yeah. yeah. For the script. And yeah. um, and we worked on it uh, for quite a few months. And it was going to be – that was going to be our big break. Yeah. That was like our, well, here we go. We're getting into TV ah. finally. And then the first day of production on the pilot was the first day of the writer's strike. Ah. So it, it – I forgot yeah. that was the timing it, of it that. Was, it was a sad news. But during the process of the Oaks, we were being given no – it was a very serialized, dramatic storyline that a lot of networks hadn't seen before. It was a really, really captivating idea right. about a haunted house. Right. Sort of reminiscent, although different, to American Horror Story. Like right. It, it had that same, like, kind of changing what TV can be yes. feel to it. Yeah. And we would get notes from the executives that were like, 
could you maybe make one of the people a doctor or one of them a lawyer so every week they could like have a case and we were, and all the writers were like no 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 that's not the show the show right. is not about that right and obviously the show didn't didn't go forward right and afterwards Wade and I decided to write the ultimate procedural which is adding every procedural element into a sort of deliberately unproducible pilot. Right. Which was called <laughs> Dr. Lawyer Cop P.I., which was a hour-long show about a guy named Dr. Jack Lawyer Cop, who is a private <laughs> investigator, but he also is a lawyer and a doctor and, you know, and a cop. That is fantastic. Did and that get you a lot of attention? It did. And that I became our, our voice for a long time. It, okay. It's, it somehow is both accurately showing that we could write right. every procedural out there. Right. And because it's a weird mashup, it's like somehow like addictively funny because right. each act like I can't it's been a while since I've even looked at it, but like the first act was like Law and Order, the second act was like House. That's fantastic. Third act was something else. I oh can't remember. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's fantastic. But that was when we I think our voice really clicked and we we're like, okay. I would say that, that that is a and I love that it came off of a trigger point. It was yeah inspired that, that. I think what really what what it made us do is we wrote something for us. Right. We, we went into that trying to write a pilot that no one would ever make. Right. Like on purpose, and right. that actually freed us as writers to I write something that a lot of that's people fantastic. people have tried to make it. We've had millions of meetings about it. Right. But, but, it really, but nobody can figure out. How it to really make is it. unproducible. Like right. <laughs> we did it on purpose this way. Oh, but uh, it but it got you indoors. Yeah, it definitely did. And it created controversy, it which did. is what you want to do as a writer. Yeah, it, made, it, made, it definitely leapt off the stack. Yeah. And and people really responded to it. And it really, when you write something that you don't worry about selling. Right. And, like, obviously sometimes you have to have – you shouldn't be striving to be deliberately unsellable. Right. But yet you can't also be trying to guess what people are going to buy. Right. And that's a real problem. So yes. like, it actually let us find a voice that was pure. I, I um, think that is very inspiring. So I think everyone should do it at least once to, like, No, I, I, th I love that you did that. I think yeah. that's great. Now, I know that you are a huge proponent of helping writers. And, and I love that about you. And I love that I met you on a panel. And I've yeah. heard that about you. And I know you went to Australia. And you did some speaking down there as yeah, we, well. Yeah, we miss each other by like a week, Yeah, right? that's it. a bummer. That's right. So much fun Dueling there. Dueling panels. We can exactly, really. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully, they're talking about doing this event yearly or every oh, nice. other year. So I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, yeah please. Yeah, let's hopefully, let's... next time, it, it, it will parallel. That would be That'd great. That'd be great, yeah. So looking at writers starting right now yeah what is some of the advice that you would give to writers to create longevity as a working writer and the right. fact that you've worked on so many platforms i think is is a great way yeah to be creating longevity the yeah i mean i think the first answer right off the bat is whatever you're you should be making something mm -hmm. at all times you should be writing something at all times and you should be reading at all times like if you're not reading like i read a pilot or a script a day. That's fantastic. Every day. Yeah. I, you know, once in a while I'll like, get too busy, but I uh, literally I try every day to read yes. at least one because if oh, you're that's not great advice. If you're not yeah. reading, like you you can learn so much from watching other people do it. Mm -hmm. Um it's really inspiring, you know, like you can you you learn a lot of great tricks and cool ways of character development and like I still remember some of my favorite pilots that that and how they changed my like oh, I never thought about doing it that way or whatever. Right. So that's my first advice. And nowadays with cameras so cheap, like, you should be making stuff. Like, yeah. you can learn a lot by producing your own work for the internet or for nobody. Just, like, make it. Like, that mm -hmm. is huge. 
Um, and I think people hear that, and a lot of people are trying to do like that. Like doing YouTube or Funny or Die. Funny or Die yeah. or like Hulu. There's a lot of places right. where if you have a really solid one, you can actually get, get some traction. On Hulu, you could. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So that is that's great the first advice. advice. And then yeah. I guess the second would be like you need to have good samples. Yeah. So you need to write a lot. Um, and eventually, I think if you want to be a TV writer, you need I, – I, I'm not – people will, I think, will have different answers here. Right. But I think you need a sample that proves you can emulate another show. I agree with you totally. And that show needs to be cool. Yeah. Right? You can't be – And it needs to be current. Current, You need yeah. to constantly be writing spec scripts so that they're no longer than two years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think you also have to pick which show. Yeah. Because you don't want to do, like, I'm going to say a show, and I, I mean no offense to it, but, like, right. you don't want to do, like, a Drop Dead Diva. Right. Because, like, no one wants to read that spec. Right. Even if, You're the, right. again, no offense to that show. It's yeah. a perfectly adequate show. People right. love it, watching it. But whatever. it doesn't transfer to a lot. It doesn't so, help you, yeah. no. So yeah. I think you need you need that, and then yeah. you need a, a pilot that's your voice. Right. That is really awesome. Right. And I think there's ways you can bend that. Yes. So, you know, you always hear about people who, like, wrote a new Golden Girls or right. something and made it really edgy. Right. Like, you could maybe find some or like weird... a Hill Street Blues. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you wrote a Wire that is yeah. it is just as good as any episode of The Wire, right. people probably would read it and I you might get... Totally so there are some you. weird yeah. exceptions, but, yeah. but those are the two things you need, and... When Wade and I were starting, you know, we were writing specs and pilots, and I think we counted once. I think we've written 16 or 18 different spec scripts over the years. See, that is so good for people to hear. And even when we, yeah. even when we didn't need to. Yeah. Like, we, 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 like, I remember one time we were talking, and we realized, we just lo- I mean, every writer says this, we yes. loved Arrested Development. Yeah. And we were like, well, we want to write one to see how, how do they do it. Yeah. The only way to do that is to try to to break a Rusted Development story of your own. Right. So we wrote a sample Rusted Development. That, I think that's that fantastic. I, I can't even remember if we even sent it out to anybody. It was right. almost just for, I think we must have, but I can't yeah. remember what happened to it. But Very it was just for smart. us to try to see yeah. what it was. You, you could know? get the voices of the show yeah. down. What yeah. was, there was a movie where the guy just wanted to rewrite the script and the words. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, with Bradley, I, I love Bradley the, Cooper. Yeah, yeah, that was, the, that was a really fun concept. All right, so last question. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask two more questions. Okay, okay. I'll give you two more. So two more questions. <laughs> so what do you see? What would be a perfect scenario in the next five years? Next, Oh, well, that's an easy one. I you know, I think Wade and I for a long time have wanted to have our own show. So okay. we're you know we're constantly right. developing new ideas. And right. I, I'm hoping that will be down. If, hopefully before five years from now we'll be – We'll be creating the programs. Great. Um, we love working on other people's shows, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same. Like, writing TV is really great, and we love it. But we would love to be able to, to have your own, your to have own, own show. To yeah. shepherd your own vision. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. something that, we're, that we are sort of really pushing and, and positioning ourselves to great. be able to do. So. And you've climbed the ladder, so you're at a point where yeah. that becomes even more feasible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and you've s- developed from the beginning. Yeah, we had sold a show that, that uh, you know, earlier we thought it was going to be. And we, yeah. This business is a lot of, like, you think you've made it. It's like yeah. one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And if you let it get you down, then you're really in trouble. But, but uh, so we had, we had thought we had had one, like, it was all lined up. Right. To, to be our, like, this is going to be our show. We'll be running it. We'll be, and it was on a network that was. A little smaller, so they would allow us. At right. Our, at our at that time, it was actually a couple of years ago now. Right. Or, oh my god, it might have been four years ago. So it was a while ago. And we uh-huh. were like, oh, we get to be in charge of this show. 
but no, we did not get right? to be in charge of the show because yes. they, they ended up not picking up any of the pilots that they ordered. Yeah. So. So you've been through that kind of heartbreak too. Yeah. So all of this has humbled you. Yes. So that's good. At the end of the day, you just have to keep writing. Like you have to keep writing. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Okay, last question. Okay, here. Thinking oh. about ready for it. Any mistakes that yeah. you may have made along the way? Yeah. That if you were to go back and if you had known what you didn't know oh, yeah. when you went through them, what advice would you have for people about things to think about? I will give you first of all, I've obviously made no mistakes. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> let's um, just get that straight yeah, from let's the just beginning. Set that out. No, just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> Here are two uh, two sides of the same thing. The first is a business one, and the second is a creative one. Great. The business one is if you're with an agent or a manager, and you're like, ah, they just never send me out, and I never they never call me back, and they won't email me, and I just don't can't get the meetings I want. You just need to dump them. Right. You know, get out. Like the longer you wait with a manager or an agent who is not invested in you as an artist, right? You're just wasting time. Right. And I definitely was with somebody who was a lovely person but was ineffectual as a right. manager and and you know we stayed that's with great. that person that's a valuable lesson for way longer have. than yeah. we should have and it, right. and it really cost us time that we could have been hustling to get a someone who did believe in us yes and could fight to get us in the right rooms right etc etc i love that on a creative side um the thing that that i don't know if i'll call it a mistake but it was a, a thing that i had to learn right um and i do distinctly remember learning it so maybe mm-hmm. it was a mistake is that scripts are never done mm-hmm. and notes are good. And I, and like the idea that, like, you know, when you get to yes. read an executive or your fellow writers, yes. and it's different because Wade and I are both, it's, we, we give each other notes all the time, but like, you, I remember thinking, I believe in a the scene, process. And I'd say, yeah, it's done. Mm-hmm. And I would, when, when people had notes, I'd get like, tense like no i don't want to change it i like it the way it is yeah and now it's i can't remember really feeling that way because now right. it's like there's so much there's so many people that help make television obviously yeah who can make it better if you listen to the notes and find a way to like, something isn't working if you get a note you might not take the solution but like the note is probably real yes um so that's that's one that i i remember learning it <laughs> on the good guys actually right because um, Matt Nix has this belief, and you have to ask him if you have him on here. Okay. Where he, on the good guys, he would basically take every note. Right. And he had a rule, like, whatever the executives tell us, we're taking it. We're going right. to at least try. Right. We're not going to, like, you know, do a thing. I'm not going to blow them off and say, like, oh, right. maybe not. We're going to really, like, what if they're right? Or what if there's something that will make it better if we think about it? And I remember we were just started, and I was thinking, really, that note? That note is idiotic. <laughs> right. But then, like, that note led to a cool discussion that led to a new action set piece, which led right. to a better act. And then oh, that's the executive great. was like, yeah, that's what I meant. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we, we got there. You were right. Yeah, totally. That's what everybody wants to hear that. <laughs> exactly. But after that process, I realized, like, okay, well, maybe we should just, like, don't get angry. Right. Let it wash. Right. Try to figure out what was the, where the note came from. And that, right. That, so and I, I think I used to be a little more stubborn. Yeah. Or maybe a lot more stubborn. Right. If Wade were here, he'd probably say a lot more stubborn. Right. But now I'm sort of embracing. But the that's notes. a valuable lesson, and I love yeah. that piece of advice to writers. So yeah. everybody take note of that. Though. Yeah, everybody take yes. note. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining oh, us. Thank this you for having me. Absolutely incredible and enlightening. Oh, good. And I love the information, and I'm very excited to hear about your feature project yes. soon. Oh, and check out, we're doing a graphic novel. Check it out. Oh, great. Uh, it's called Clone. It's with the, the Walking Dead publisher. That's right. And it's I think it's out now, and we, we are writing the second novel, or the graphic novel. So it's, ours starts in... I'm going to say April, but it's out. The first five are out now, and you should... Where can they get those? At, like, your local comic book store. Right. And it's pretty cool. It's that really is idea. fantastic. Anything else so, that people should know? You can follow me on Twitter. Oh, there we go. It's really follow important, you guys. Yes. Get on Twitter, right? Yes, follow me on Twitter, I'm, too. I'm at Dr. <laughs> Lawyer Cop. Now people know where that came from. So. I love <laughs> it. That is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. My and pleasure. And imparting this great information. I'm very excited for everybody to hear it. And let's see, upcoming events. I actually just got back from London and Australia, and I'm in the middle of my 10-week StoryWise teleseminar. I'm very, very excited to be doing this. And um, I know that I do have, oh, NAPTI. I'm going to be teaching a class at NAPTI. That is coming up May 9th. And uh, and I believe that is it so far. We may be going to Israel with the TV Writers Summit. So to be determined very soon, I will let you know when I know about that. So I want to thank all of you for joining us. And again, I want to thank Aaron for taking the time to be here. This is Jen Grisanti of Jen Grisanti Consultancy, Inc. and StoryWise Podcast. You've been listening to StoryWise with Jen Grisanti. If you're looking to get to the next step in your career and need a guide who has been there and knows what it takes, go to www.jengrisanticonsultancy.com. On the website, you can also find the latest on writing programs, feature film festivals, and other writing competitions. StoryWise is produced by Joel Metzger and Hot House Bruiser Productions. This podcast was recorded at the studios of Icebox Logic.